Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are, hour number two. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you, and coming in for his weekly visit after Bill's games, resident member of Bill's Mafia, NFL Network analyst, Michael Robinson, joining us on the show. Mike, how we doing? What'd you think of that one? Wow, I'm pumped up. Um, I have a, re- a renewed sense of... Um, you know, uh, positive energy and humanity. I mean, like, <laughs> I couldn't, have, I can't put the words around it, guys. I didn't expect the opening kickoff to go for a touchdown. I did expect some excitement. I did expect some energy, you know what I mean? But the opening kickoff, and it wasn't like it was anything super special. It was just a middle return, right? One cut, and then he sped down the sideline. Um, I mean, I <laughs> When I saw the New England Patriots players, you know, chasing after Naheem, you, I don't know. It just seemed like he got a boost of energy. It seemed like he got faster and they got slower. I mean, it was just, it was, it was divine intervention. It was, it, it was a great thing to see. Glad that our Bills came away with the win and they played with a lot of energy. New England Patriots, they're a tough team to match up against. And they, they you know, they gave our Bills all they wanted. But at the end of the day, we came away with the win, getting ready for the playoffs. You know, I was, we were saying that earlier. I was kind of, Tipping my hat to the Patriots, they walked into a buzzsaw. The emotion of that day, the whole league is, is uh, you know, acknowledging Demar all the way across the league. They got to walk into his home crowd there in Buffalo with the stadium in the shape that it was in, and then give up that kickoff. They actually came back, got up seventeen three early in the third quarter. The Patriots really did put forth an effort, like they they knew it, you knew, it, and they were trying to get into the playoffs, and they almost did it. Yeah, they sure did. And at the end of the day, I think I tweeted something a little bit uh, within the game. I'm so happy a defensive coordinator is calling plays for the New England Patriots because I don't know if they had a real capable offensive coordinator. We might have been in trouble. But at the end of the day, we won the game. The Bills Mafia came up. We showed up and showed out. And DeMar Hamlin watched the game as well. I was following his tweets all throughout the game, man. Big time happy moment for all involved. So let's talk about the defense a little bit here, Mike. I was really impressed with the effort, you know, at the line of scrimmage in the run front. 
Damian Harris has been a Bills killer in his career. He's only played three games against the Bills, but he's got over 340 yards rushing in those three games. He's, he brings juice to that offense, and I thought they did an excellent job of keeping him hemmed in between the tackles, never let him get out and get loose. Taron Johnson at the line of scrimmage, Tremaine Edmonds at the line of scrimmage, and Greg Rousseau at the line of scrimmage. Those are my three run defense MVPs. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I would throw um, Settle in there and Ed Oliver as well in spots during that game. When you control the line of scrimmage like our Bills did um, this past weekend, it's, they're a very tough team to beat, right? And I, I swear, Gregory Rousseau, did he make the first three plays of the game? I mean, did they even block him the first three plays? I mean, the guy was all over the place. And honestly, I could see the Von Miller influence on his game, using his body, being wiry, and being able to get uh, to the ball carrier and get to the quarterback. But absolutely, the rush defense has to show up, especially this week against the Miami Dolphins. Who knows if Tua is going to play? Who knows what's going to happen at the quarterback position? So the Miami Dolphins are going to have to run the football, and our Bills gave up 188 rushing yards in that Week 15 matchup. So I expect um, our run defense to show up and show out. Yeah, as you start thinking about this matchup, third time, in the season, um, I kind of think now you look back on it, it's a good thing they didn't beat them twice in a row. It's hard to beat a team three times yes. in a row, uh, and that both games were close, very close. So I think this coming into this game, is it you think it's going to look more like week fifteen or week three? You know, it depends. See, uh, there's a there's a factor that there's an unknown here. It's the quarterback. It's Tua Tagovailoa. When he is playing, this offense is at a whole nother level. And I'm not saying it's because of how what our guy does and Josh Allen because of the big, strong arm and all the physical abilities. I remember talking to Daryl Bevel, the quarterback coach, um, week 15 before the game up there in Buffalo. And he said, Mike, he was my offensive coordinator back, back in Seattle. He said, Mike, Rob, Tua can see pictures. Like, he can, he can detail a play from college and tell you exactly where every defender was standing, and he can see the windows. That's his superpower. And when you look at this offense, the Miami, this Miami Dolphins offense with all the speed on the outside, they need his anticipation and timing for this offense to do what it needs to do. If they don't have it, I'm not so sure, so sure that this run game is strong enough that they could just lean on it to beat the Buffalo Bills. Now, in that, in that second matchup, week 15, they picked on my man, Teron Johnson. They picked on him. They ran weak. They, uh, you know, tried to run at him a lot, tried to get big bodies on him. And then to counter that, they tried to run, you know, Tariq Hill in motion going across the field and then run back behind him, right? At the end of the day, we uh, Leslie Frazier may have to think about putting in base defense just in rundowns sometimes just so that we don't give up that many big runs in, uh, early in this game. Speaking of defense, Miami's defense, I know they're playing against Joe Flacco and the Jets yesterday. They only give up three field goals, but they've got some injury problems. They lack depth defensively in terms of experienced players they can put on the field. Xavier Howard might be a question mark. Um, Byron Jones hasn't seen the field at all this year. Uh, it's basically Javon Holland back there with a bunch of guys with people going in and out of the lineup. I know Buffalo's secondary isn't the picture of health either, with Jordan Poyer playing hurt, uh, Dean Marlowe's in there, a veteran player trying to stem the tide in DeMar's absence. Tredavious White looks like he's kind of on the comeback trail after getting that pick yesterday. Yeah. But Dane Jackson and Kyrie Elam on the other side are still platooning because one guy might miss an assignment. Hey, take a seat. Let's see if this guy can do better. Um, I I'm thinking with these two secondaries in flux, Mike, we could be looking at a high-scoring game if, again, two of plays. 
Yeah, again, that's a big if, if two are plays, we could be looking at that. But I, I just rely on the veteran leadership um, from our defense. And I'm, and again, I say our, you know what I mean? I'm talking about Bills Mafia. Um, just looking at the veteran leadership from the defense. And I believe the line of scrimmage is stronger uh, for this Bills defense. Again, I can't talk about the linebacker play uh, more. You know, uh, Edmonds playing well. He he got after the quarterback. He made uh, some nice drops. You look at Milano. I always call him the glue uh, to this defense, always being in the in the right, in the, in the right um, space so that he can defend um, the opposing quarterback. But at the end of the day, this Miami Dolphins offense, they have a lot of speed on the outside, a whole lot of speed on the outside. And oftentimes they just send those guys deep just to create the space, right? Just to create the space so that when whoever the quarterback is for the Miami Dolphins, when they check it down, they want to break tackles and things like that. So this defense, our defense, Buffalo Bills, we have to be sure tacklers this week because there's going to be a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities in space. You bring the ball carrier down, we win the game. You know, we were talking about, you know, the Packers losing their opportunity to get into the playoffs last night with a loss to the Lions. And, and you know, Lions still playing hard for Dan Campbell. You got six games on tap this weekend. Is there any – what was the most surprising team for you headed into the playoffs this year? Like maybe – what was the biggest surprise? Is it a team that made it you didn't think would or a team that isn't there that should be? For Honestly, guys, um, it's my other team. You you guys, you know, Bill's my first team, right? My other team is my Seattle Seahawks. You can't let a franchise quarterback like Russell Wilson walk out there doing, guys, I was in that locker room. I've seen, um, you know, Coach Carroll and guys get certain personalities out of that locker room just so that the organization can be Russell's. And then Russell said he wants to get out when I'm like, well, what are you looking for? Well, Russell gets out of there. Geno Smith takes the reins at the quarterback position and becomes probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the National Football League this season. I think he has number one and number two in completion uh, percentage. But to see this team get into the playoffs this is one of Coach Carroll's like best coaching jobs. I mean, really, I seen him smiling more this year. I seen him seem like he was enjoying himself a little bit more uh, this year. And it didn't seem like he had to submit to a franchise quarterback like he had to do in past years. So to me, it, it has to be the Seattle Seahawks. They weren't supposed to be there. Nobody expected them to be there except the 90 plus guys in that locker room and in that facility. So, yes, yeah, definitely got to be the Seattle Seahawks. The Chiefs benefit from the scrapped game between the Bills and the Bengals because they get put in control of their own destiny and they take care of business against the Raiders. Uh, and they'll have home field throughout the playoffs unless they face the Bills in the AFC title game. That will go neutral site. I've got to bring this up, though. What's up with the ring around the rosy play? I mean, is that like if you're the Raiders, I, I need to know this from a player's perspective, Mike. If you're the Raiders... Is that a is that an insult to you that they think they can play these kinds of games and run a play like that against you? Or as a Raiders defender, do you have to say I got to stop them and make them pay for these kind of hijinks? You got to practice that during the week, you know. Can like I, that doesn't just happen. Can I say all the above. That's totally choreographed. <laughs> Look, man, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, they be so disrespectful sometimes. Oh man. my goodness. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And as a defensive player, I would be looking and saying, oh, no, there's no way in hell this play is going to work. I don't care if I got to do something, slam somebody or something. There's no way you're going to do ring around the rosies, line up, do some type of double pass screen, whatever, and then get in the end zone. No, no, no. That's a little bit disrespectful. I would have I got upset about that. But I will say this. 
And Kansas City Chiefs have done a great job this year. Seriously, I did not think that they would have this much offensive prowess without a Tyreek Hill. Now, I've said this earlier in the season, where I think the, the, the missing Tyreek Hill will show up will be in the playoffs against a team like the Buffalo Bills. Why? Because we can score. We got a big, strong-arm quarterback. And we got a defense that bends but don't break, right? And so what you need what you need offensively to go against a defense that bends but don't break, you need that big play guy, right? To me, the Kansas City Chiefs don't have that big play guy. Yes, you have Travis Kelsey, but he's not scaring anybody um, when, when you're watching tape. Tyreek Hill, he's a guy that scares somebody, and they have the quarterback and Patrick Mahomes to get him the football. Yeah. One last one I've got for you concerns the Bills passing game from probably like week 11 to like week 16. The deep shots just were not a part of Buffalo's passing game as much as they had been the first 10 weeks of the season. Part of that was, we believe, due to the fact that Josh was throwing a lot of picks through the middle part of the season. They kind of pulled the reins in tighter on the passing game, relied on the running game a little bit more, played more conservative conservatively focused on efficiency over big plays how refreshing was it going into the postseason to see the absolute dime from the far hash traveling 60 yards through the air between the numbers to Stefan Diggs for a touchdown yesterday bro when you were saying that I'm literally getting goosebumps right now I was screaming to the top of my lungs uh, in my house, like, did you see that bazooka? I'm telling my son, I'm telling my wife, I'm telling my daughters, did you see the bazooka, Josh Allen? Did you see that throw? I mean, I, <laughs> this is why I call that guy QB number one in the National Football League. I don't see anybody else on the planet doing that. I just don't. I don't. I mean, and he dropped a dime. And Steph Diggs, it, it, it's, it's to me, it's it's a reason why Steph Diggs, after every play, he's like, bro. I want it because you you know your quarterback can get you the ball at any spot on the football field. I believe if you go use the bathroom in the locker room, Josh Allen can get it to you from the 50-yard line. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's how much this guy's arm talent is so much, it's so much up there. I don't know if I've ever seen uh anything quite like it. And, and when you're playing the Buffalo, I mean, when you're playing the New England Patriots, they did a good job of trying to keep him in the pocket because when you get Josh Allen outside of the pocket, all hell breaks loose. I'm talking about for the defense, right? Because right. you just can't cover everybody. But I will say this before I let you guys go. Um, uh, Gabe Davis, um, Isaiah uh, uh, McKenzie, McKenzie. Um, Shakur, we need another guy to truly step up because at the end of the day, these playoff defenses are not just going to let Stephon Diggs go c continue to do what he does. Yeah, he's going to get his passes. But we're going to have to have a second and a third guy step up. Dawson Knox has been doing a great job, even though he needs to get better in the run game. Doing a great job. But we need another passing threat to step up because defense is a focus on um, our, our, our guy, uh, Steph Diggs, a little too much. All right, so to, to counter that very quickly, bonus question. John Brown makes a big play yesterday on playing some little backyard football. The smoke show returned. Beasley is available <laughs> on the practice squad. You can elevate those guys unlimited number of times in the postseason as you know is one of those guys a possibility in that area since we haven't seen Khalil Shakir or Gabriel Davis or Isaiah McKenzie consistently fill that void I believe so I believe that touchdown to John Brown was something that Ken Dorsey Sean McDermott you know um even our guy Josh Allen was like whoa <laughs> I need that. You know what I mean? We even saw Josh do the, do the old John Brown dance on him. You know what I'm saying? So, 
he adds a little bit of level of excitement. Um, I, I just love seeing this offense play, man. They look so close. I like seeing this entire team play. But at the end of the day, you're going to need another threat. I don't care if it's James Cook coming out of the backfield. I don't care if it's Devin Singletary catching the ball out of the backfield. You're going to need another explosive threat going to, to try to win a championship because in the AFC, these offenses, they can score. Mike, thanks very much. Appreciate the insight. We'll catch up with you next week. Hopefully we're talking about the divisional round, my friend. Oh, we will. We ain't giving no exit physicals until, what, February, what, 13th, 14th, something like that? (laughs) See y'all next week. All right, thanks, Mike. (laughs) That's NFL Network analyst Michael Robinson joining us here, as he does every week after Bill's games. And he's right. I mean, you got to get another consistent option in the passing game. I think Knox has been a pretty effective number two. He's got touchdowns in four consecutive games now. Right. So he's providing points for this offense, which is critical at the tight end position if you don't have a number two stepping up. I know Gabe Davis is probably still beating himself up over dropping that one in the end zone yesterday. Right. And Isaiah McKenzie had a drop yesterday too. And this is a team that has been at or near the top of the league in drops this season. So that's got to go away fast going into the postseason. Yeah, and you, and you look at um, you know sh- these guys and their targets – Khalil Shakir had a nice play, a turn and run after the catch. That was a nice play Two by targets, him. targets, one catch, and he had a tw- the 28-yarder. He yeah. did, it was nice. It was, it was a nice one, I thought. And then he had – then McKenzie had three targets, two catches. Knox, two for two. Cook, two for two. Singletary, one for one. John Brown, one for one. Now Diggs we, was seven of ten on his targets. And, of course, Gabe Davis was three of ten. Yeah. And that's why people are like, ah, come on, Gabe. Yeah. Because you know he's better than that. You yeah, do. You know he's it. better than that. We've right. seen it. Um, and, and I think Eric Wood made a good point on the broadcast yesterday when he did point out, cause people are like, where, where are all the numbers for our passing game? You got to remember two of the bills, offensive possessions were taken away by Naeem Hines. Cause he yeah, ran right. back. You know what I mean? That's right. I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah, they had two fewer possessions because Naheem Hines is taking them to the house. <laughs> so, I mean, that's right. That's a fair The numbers trade. are probably going to be a little down from what they usually are. Fair because, trade. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. I'll take those every week if uh, Naheem Hines is willing. Let's get back to the phones at 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550. The number to get on board is we're asking for your takeaways from the emotional victory that yesterday was over the Patriots. And waiting patiently has been John in Buffalo. What do you got for us, John? Oh, hold on. What do you got for us, John? You're on One Bills Live. Well, I'm just so happy that everything's going well for DeMar, thank God. Yeah. And um, I'd also like to say, oh, Chris, I'm kind of wondering, what what heritage of Italian are you? I know that you have some Italian in you. Uh, I am uh, Napoli, you- Napoli and Bari are the two areas of southern Italy where my, my grandparents are from, so... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm down on the heel side of the boot, and then you know Napoli's on the other side there, down in the south. No Sicilian okay. blood, if that's what you're asking. That's what I was thinking because yeah. when you say Aj, <laughs> yeah, my wa- my wife's half Sicilian, so she's got the Sicilian blood in the family, and believe me, that's probably oh. more than enough. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna get in trouble. Now you're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So I always get in trouble. Okay, and uh, what I was thinking of is that um, I, th- I just like to see Josh Allen be a little smarter at the end of the half. I mean, yeah. you know, it's either throw the ball to our guy or 
Don't throw it to nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you say that, John, because Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, has told us that is the very thing that he often says in the headset to Josh right after he gives him the play call. He'll tell him, us or nobody, which basically means what you just outlined, which is throw it to our guy or it's out of bounds and it's uncatchable for anybody else. Yeah, the, the throw he made there, down there too, he – the ball fluttered because he got whacked when, yeah, he, got when hit he, threw he threw it. it. So it's not really the throw he was going to make. Uh, maybe he was going to throw it away or whatever, but we'll never know the real result of what could have happened. But let me ask you, is, and I know it's hard in the actual instant to make this decision. Is it better? I mean, it, some people would argue it's better to just eat it there and take the three on a field goal so you can oh, go yeah. up at the half 17-14. Right. I haven't gone back and looked at where he was looking for the ball, but if he, you know, there's no reason to think he wasn't going to throw a TD. Either. I mean, it's easy to say. We've seen that enough, too. He should have done the other thing. I don't right. want to be that guy, but. Listen, yeah, he got hit when he threw it. Yeah. That's why the interception happened. It was an errant throw. If he hadn't been that. hit, we'll never know what would have happened, yeah. but we've seen him throw touchdowns down there. In fact, we saw one to Knox three series before that. Right. Or two series before that. So, um, you got to trust him. Yeah. And I, you know, I'll, we can go back and I'll get on on game during the next break. I'll get on uh, Game Pass and we'll go back and look at that play from the end zone and see maybe he had a window there. Maybe somebody was standing yeah. back there. I mean, look, no quarterback's going to be perfect. I mean, when you think about it, Josh got the ball in his hands every offensive snap of the game. They're not all going to be perfect. Uh, and I think, <laughs> I think we're not too far removed, Steve, for those of us that have been covering the team long enough from people calling in and saying, why won't Tyrod Taylor take more risk in throwing the football? <laughs> he, he'll he tuck it and run too much instead of throwing because he's afraid to throw an interception. And I remember there was a, a large portion of the Bills fan base that would say, I'd rather have a quarterback who throws 30 touchdowns a year and throws 12 or 13 picks than a guy that throws 11 touchdown passes a year and no picks. Well, right. you've got the former. So – Take the guy who's in the running for the MVP every year that throws 12 or 13 picks every season because you got to take some of those negative plays if you want the production on the positive side of the ledger. Right. And he is way over on the positive side of the ledger. I mean, he's usually somewhere between 2-1, to 2.5, sometimes 3-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. Anybody in the league would gladly take that. Let's go back to the phones. We go to... Mark in West Seneca. What do you got for us, Mark? You're on One Bills Live. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, if you give me a little leeway here, I apologize first if I get a little emotional. But uh, I just wanted to call in and talk about how this has been for me as a lifelong Bills fan and everything. Uh, for a season that started out with so much excitement and so much promise, and I'm not going to go through all the adversity, but it just seems like steadily uh, it's been being picked away at and knocked down and made it really hard to be really optimistic in where we could be and where we are because of everything that's happened. And then what happened to, to DeMar, that was like the low, emotionally, that was like the lowest point for any Bills fan this season. And and when it happened, I said to myself, um, you know, it almost doesn't matter what happens the rest of the year, that my Super Bowl, uh, when he wakes up, it's going to be like him, like us making the Super Bowl. And when he walks out of that place, that for me is going to be winning the Super Bowl. Uh, that all being said, and then yesterday happens, and we had, as a community and as a Bills fan base got an opportunity to take our arms and wrap it around 
not only the Bills players, but the whole organization as a whole, and have a love fest. And then the fairy tale happens in the opening kickoff. And I said, this is unbelievable. And, and then I'm starting to think, you know what? Now I want it all. That, that fairy tale <laughs> Now I'm going to be greedy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now now the uh, the fairy tale happens, and I'm gone from thinking that, you know, whatever happens, I, obviously I'm rooting like hell for them to make it to the Super Bowl and win it, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But now I can't even imagine, this is where I'm going to get emotional, um, I can't imagine for this, this city, for this team, for all the ex-players like Steve and anybody who loves this team, for us to win our first Super Bowl and watching Roger Goodell hand a trophy to Terry and then Terry turn around and have it to DeMar. I want it all. And that's what I want to see. So yeah. That, okay. That you know, that's why I called in, and I hope everybody, and I'm sure many, many people have this thought. And yeah, um, it, it's been a roller coaster. And love those guys, love that team. Steve, love you for playing for us and representing us the way you do, and continue to do. We love and respect you guys, and I'll never let anybody tell me that sports doesn't matter and that you guys are just football players because you're not. You're not. You're you're our family, and we love you. Thank you, right. guys. Great Thank call, you. Mark. Thanks very it. much for that. Could hear the emotion in your voice. And I'm just going to say this. Um, there's a common belief that this Bills team, uh, in a lot of ways, uplifts this city and this community. Um, you know, people are going through tough times. We know some of the tough stuff that we've had to deal with here just in the last eight or nine months. And the community routinely looks to this team to lift them up on a Sunday, make them feel a little bit better about what they're dealing with or going through, or better yet, make them forget about what they're dealing with by the way they perform on a Sunday. And I would argue that this fan base lifted up this team yesterday. Being in their building with their fans pushed them to a place where I think a lot of them weren't sure they could get to emotionally and physically to perform in this game and get a victory. And the Bills fans, for all the times that they've been lifted up by the success of this football team, lifted their team up yesterday on their shoulders and gave them the energy that they needed to win an important football game yesterday, not just for DeMar Hamlin, but we're talking about the second seed in the AFC playoffs. That meant something yesterday and this fan base delivered when their team needed it. That's the biggest takeaway for me yesterday. Yeah, it was. we've talked a lot, and sometimes it gets thrown around kind of loosely for every team and its fan base about the relationship between the city and the, and the team. It does hit home a little differently here in Buffalo. Um, for whatever reason, I've, I've felt it. Um, my wife and I chose to make our home here when, after I was finished playing, um, we literally could have lived anywhere. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's, and I, I was talking to Jim Nance and I went to say hello because we're friends obviously. And, and, uh, we're talking about, you know, the week and how tough it's been. And, you know, and they're going to probably, they're thinking they're coming back here. They're going to do the bills, Chiefs, yeah. the bills, uh, dolphins game this weekend. So Jim Nance and, Tony Romo will be back in town. Talk about dinner plans and that kind of stuff. And and he go and he kind of looked at me. And he goes, 
just acknowledging. I said, yeah, I'm always here. So I, I go, I kind of found my spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he goes, and he kind of, Jim Nance is on the road 48 weeks a year. Yeah. So he kind of gets that, right? So um, it's something that a lot of players feel. I, you know, I was, I was at Jim. I was, I smoked a cigar with Jim. And Thurman and Will Wolford was in town yesterday. I mean, oh, nice. guys have ties to this. I had dinner with Bar- Pete Metzlars and his wife Barb and three of their grandkids on Saturday night. So um, this is a special place. The guys love coming back here. They love living here. Um, it's an old it's an old joke, but it's true. One of the former coaches, a good friend of mine, Jerry Glanville, coached here in Buffalo. He's linebackers coach, maybe defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. way back in the day. And he's the guy that left tickets for Elvis. He had his own career, and he took. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy was—he's a fantastic coach. <laughs> I love he's that. an absolutely fantastic coach. He said his wife cried twice. They, she cried when they found out they were moving to Buffalo because of what everybody thinks about our town. And she said she cried when we left because mm. she didn't want to leave. So that's kind of what people find when they when they come here. We got to take a break. Well said, Steve. When we come back, more of your phone calls. We'll also take a trip around the locker room. Some of the emotional comments after this victory from the players next here on One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 